This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 149. Where we see other people, they did not get there accidentally. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am going to be introducing you to one spirited and energetic guy by the name of Michael Gebbin, and he is with a company called Jumpstarters. Michael Gebbin spent seven years building a video company that was the envy of everyone in his field. Until one day he woke up to the realization that he had built a cage of his own making. He'd given up so much of his life in the name of something that didn't really matter a whole lot. So he hit reset and over the last three years has rebuilt his life and his career around something that matters. Michael's current company, Jumpstarters, helps creative entrepreneurs to get over the same hurdles that he was able to conquer. This allows him to work with individuals such as Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, and Richard Branson. Michael is a big believer in massive, imperfect action, rather than getting stuck in the minutiae and never moving forward. And Gift Biz listeners, I know because I feel like over this time, I know you well. This is something that we all struggle with. So I am thrilled to be bringing you Michael and all of his experience to help us uncover and get out of this minutiae. Michael, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Sue, that was fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to bring the energy and enthusiasm to your audience. I know you will. We were talking about your photos earlier. You are all about positive energy, which I absolutely love. (laughs) And I start off every episode with the same question. This is a way for us because all of us, myself and our listeners, are creators. So we like to learn a little bit about you in a different way. And that is by having you describe yourself in the way of a motivational candle. So if you were to tell me a color and then a quote or a motto or something that really would resonate with you to create your ideal motivational candle, what would it be by color and quote? Well, yellow, because I love the sun and the energy that it can bring myself and others. And then from there, I always say that the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a no and you get a no when you don't ask, you don't try. At least when you try, there's an opportunity for something good to happen. And I think so many people, that brings up the MIA, the Massive and Perfect Action, were crippled by the perfect day, the week, the month. Is it sunny? Is it cloudy? Is it this? Is it that? And for me, being able to work with Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and these people, I literally just sent an email. And that's it. And I wanted to give back. I wanted to help them because they had helped me. And as a byproduct, this magic happened. I was just telling a buddy of mine, like literally the spider web effect that happened from 2010 when I made a decision to reach out to Tim Ferriss, filmed his launch party for the four hour body. And then from there, he reached out to me actually mid 2011, filmed a thing for him in August where essentially I became really good friends with one guy at his kimono event in 2011 who now didn't even have this event that he holds today called Mastermind Talks. 
And I went and filmed one of his events there and met a guy who now you know, officiated my wedding, who somebody that came into his life now I'm best friends with. And it's just crazy. But that was in 2010 that I made a choice to send an email to somebody whose book made a difference in my life. And here we are in 2000, we get this right, 18 now. <laughs> yeah, we just rolled the year over. Right. And it's just there's things I can pinpoint to 2010 that are where I am today. Wow. So this is a perfect demonstration about now not waiting for the absolute perfect moment when all the stars are aligned or whatever other excuse we want to give ourselves, right? You just decided to take that action and look at where it's brought you. Yeah. Well, and it's not, I mean, Sue, it's for everybody listening, I get it. I mean, it's not, it's of course the cliche, easier said than done. But I think that we all will, where we see other people, they did not get there accidentally. For me, who I am today and how I'm talking on this podcast, my energy, my enthusiasm, my confidence, all these things that I can bring out and bring to your listeners is far from who I was and what I was able to do back. I have a video that shows me at 18, 24, and 28, and it's night and day, but it's the same person. It just took me what's now been probably thousands of hours, I'm 31 now, since I was 18, of doing this kind of stuff and just starting. But doing it around something I was passionate about, because if you gave me a paper in history in high school to get up in front of the room, I'd have like a heart attack. Then uh, once I spoke about something I was passionate about, I thought, well, there's a shift there. Something different happened because I felt like I knew what I was talking about and I was enthusiastic. If you start talking about sports right now, you'd probably be talking the whole time. (laughs) I don't care anymore about sports per se and just whatever. But (laughs) anyways. Let's break this down a little bit, because I know that a lot of our listeners probably have nine to five jobs. Not probably. I know they do. And they're looking at doing something on the side, and they just haven't quite started yet. I don't think everybody's like that, because some of us actually do like nine to five jobs. We're doing things that are fulfilling, but we also want more. I'm really curious about your story in that you were doing videos, you knew had a good thing going, but it wasn't fulfilling you. How did you identify that you needed to change? Give us a little bit of understanding about how you actually got to that point of saying, yes, it has to happen. Yeah, well, so as we say, the perfect time, unfortunately, I think what ended up you'll see in my story here is There was a rock bottom for me that actually did happen, and that was the catalyst for the change. But basically, I mean, for me, I did all sorts of random things from a paper out to I thought I was going to go to school for kinesiology and be a personal trainer at Valley Total Fitness. I did all these things, but my dad worked at a cemetery. We made some home movies. One of the funeral homes essentially asked my dad if we could make a slideshow. I did that my junior year in high school, did more my senior year, filmed the wedding my senior year. And then from there, I told my parents, just give me one year. And I don't want to go to college, basically. Let me try this thing out. Let me see if I can go a little deeper with this. And I really didn't want to go to college. So I went all in, gave it everything that I had, never ended up going to college. It worked out quite well. But basically from 2006 to 2010, I did really well. And in the wedding business specifically, I was really overwhelmed because I did so well that I had more people than I knew what to do with. And I was filming upwards of 30 to 40 weddings in a year. And I did something called a same day edit where I shot that day, showed it that night. But I also, from the influence of my peers, added on another 10 to 12 edits. And what I found was is couples were having their DVDs six to 12 months, and I was asking them how they liked it. And they said, well, the only thing we've watched is the same day edit. 
and this epiphany to me because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm procrastinating on these other 10 to 12 videos that I'm not even excited about doing. The couples are telling me they aren't even watching them. And so as a byproduct, I'm sitting here not even wanting to go to the movie theater because I'm afraid I'll see one of my couples and they'll be ticked off because I haven't delivered the rest Mm. of their deliverables for almost upwards of nine plus months. And so I was just going crazy. Now I call this the my way decision. And I said, I didn't call it that back then, but basically through that overwhelm, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just give up. Like I'm tired of this. I can't take the stress and overwhelm. The cage, as you mentioned at the very beginning, that was what became the cage. So some people wish to have freedom by doing their own thing and starting their own business. But what people are confused about, and I know I was, is that when you start your own thing, it ain't rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and that you just put in 15 minutes a week and you're making more than enough money to survive. There's a lot of hard work and a lot of things that you don't know how to do and the good, the bad, the ugly, all these things. And so for me, I end up saying I'm going to edit, dress, speak, shoot everything my way. I have this one thing, this same day edit. The couples love it. I love it. That's all I'm going to offer people. And we'll see what happens. And if it doesn't work, well, this is where the scenario of ultimately being at a rock bottom where I felt I couldn't go any lower. So for me, I didn't really have anything to lose because I was already, in my mind, losing relationships losing all sorts of things. And so not being a jerk about it, I started to explain my passion in a new way. I mean, I used to spend 45 minutes telling them the 12 different videos. Well, try to go down to one and explain that and charge the same amount of money. At the time, I was charging 3,500 for 10 or 12, and now I'm gonna charge 3,500 for a one. A lot of people think if it doesn't take a lot of hard work, effort, time, energy, all these things, that it's not valuable. Because when I wanted to charge more, I thought I needed to actually add more videos, but it wasn't until I went down, found that sweet spot that I was great at and loved doing and poured out my passion on a conversation to somebody about that one thing. When you come and you hire Michael Gevin, I either do my best or I don't do anything. Like there's no in between. You can't hire me for a cheaper package where I do a little less than the best package. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to rock it out. You're not going to have to worry about anything. And in doing that, that's when the next 12 months I got more free time, I made more money, I worked with Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and went to Richard Branson's Island, all these crazy things happened within my video production company. And it was a mindset shift. And that's really the big thing that I love helping people make is a shift in their mind that will move mountains for them in their life. Yeah, there's a couple of things with your story that I want to point out to our listeners. The first thing is, You are saying that you didn't have then those 10 different versions anymore. You only had the one, but you also had tested that because you'd talked to people and you'd seen that that was really where they saw the value. So in your mind, maybe you're offering less for the same price, but people who didn't know about it before don't know that you at one time offered 10. Of course, yes. And so I think that that's important. I'm relating this then to our listeners too, because it's all on how you position and you present. You don't have to think that everybody has been watching you from the past (laughs) in terms of what you're offering. And I think the other thing that you said that was really significant and applies because so many people who listen are actually the creators of their products is you're talking about the fact that value and the cost of your product doesn't equate to the deliverable. In other words, all that extra time and effort by doing all of those other versions, your real quality, Michael, is in the skill that you have behind the camera, capturing the scene of the event in your very unique way. 
And I'm guessing, I think you would agree with that. And then that transfers over to the single video with the editing, the time condensed editing that you're still doing for the deliverable that night. And you have the talent to be able to do that. So Gift Biz listeners, I'm also relaying this to you in terms of high value pricing on what you have an innate talent to do. Other people don't see that as being cheap. It's something that they don't have. So think of that when you're looking at pricing. I think that you said a great thing in the aspect of, yes, I did. I tried all these things and I did all these things. And then I found that this one thing was the main thing, right? But it is in that doing. So that person who's listening right now, who's got the job and has not started is that you have to start. I think that people who think that they're going to come out of the gate with the perfect product and the perfect everything, and then they're just going to be able to go to high dollar amounts or whatever and sell these things. It's fairly unrealistic overall. I mean, I'm a big optimist and positive and anything is possible, but I just think that there's a lot of, that's what cripples people is that everything has to be a certain way. They have to have a business plan. They have to have all these things a certain way. I think some of these things can be great in themselves, but for me, it is the act of doing and the act of getting started where you start to really learn and grow and evolve and find your sweet spot. And if you don't get started You won't just read and listen and watch and think your way into the sweet spot because people are great storytellers. And you can have something you think you love and you do do it if you take the time to try it and you might hate it. And then you might have something you don't think you love. I never, ever dreamed of doing anything like I'm. that was never on my passion list, on my that's what I got to do, that's what I got to work hard at. Like what I'm doing today was never on my list of anything. It would scare me to talk to five people in a room. And I used to go to networking meetings and like give you a little 90 second thing and like I'm trembling and feel horrible. I mean, I think a lot of people could probably relate to that thing if they've ever gone to any kind of thing where they have to get up in front of people and give their 90 second spiel. But yeah, you've got to just get started. I mean, apps come out all the time. Apple brings out things where it doesn't work right, the first draft, and they iterate. So important. Yeah, you can't be afraid of that first thing that's coming out that that's not going to work. And exactly what you're saying, famous names everywhere, right? You can even talk about Oprah and when she decided to build her own network. At first, it wasn't going right, but you have to get started. Such an important point, Michael. I'm really, really glad you talk about it. One other sweet spot for you to ask your question. I just saw a thing from Zig Ziglar. He said, failure is not a person. It's an event. Oh, that's good. They're failures all the time. It's just top of mind. I just think that nobody's ever a failure themselves. No, that's good. So with your story, you decided that you were going to turn around and do this different. So you adjusted your product after hearing from customers. So getting feedback from them, of course, go through the emotion of that. Was there, were you afraid to do it and you just drove forward anyway? Or were you feeling comfortable with the decision? Mentally, what were you saying to yourself? It's interesting. I really think that when a lot of people, they're comfortable. If they're comfortable in their situation and they don't really have any deep passion either way, they're just, it's working, money's good, taking care of the bills, all these things, that is the worst place to be if you have this little itch to do something. Because you think you have so much, of course, on the line to lose if you do this and it doesn't work. Now, I'm not encouraging, more than likely, studying a lot of behavior and personality over the last three years. 
a lot of your listeners and what you described to me are not the people who should be anywhere like me where I'll jump out of the plane and build my wings on the way down. They need a professional wing builder to know that wing is perfect. And then as a byproduct, they still might not jump. But in that vein, if again, you start looking at things as little projects, it makes a big difference. So for me, I was in the phase of like, I don't have anything to lose. Like I'm going to give, I'm so, I'm losing like, the person I'm married to now, we broke up, like all these things happened that for me, I was just, I felt horrible. I felt absolutely horrible. And, and talk about when your mind thinks that charging more or any more money or whatever is equated to more effort, more hours, more time, more deliverables. And finally, I'm just like, have this epiphany that maybe, and part of this did come from Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Week and the 80-20 Rule and some of those things where I saw that really 20% of my effort was giving me 80% of my result. That's how I kind of, when I started asking people about the same data and whatever. And so I'm like, I have to do it. And for me, because I wasn't comfortable by any stretch of the imagination and thought I had more to gain than I definitely had to lose, I did it. I started to speak to people. When people used to ask me, well, wouldn't it be better if you spent more than two hours on our video? (laughs) And of course, a lot of people listening, I mean, I think the logic sometimes that people think is, yes, If I spent 10 hours on your video, it will be better than if I spend two. But for me, that was a huge lie because how I'm wired, pressure, I mean, pressure makes diamonds. And so for me, pressure, for me personally, Michael Gavin, this won't work for all your listeners, but for me, when I had that pressure and I knew I was going to show that to 75 to a few hundred people, I created magic because I was fueled by seeing the reactions in the moment of the people. Getting an email after I spent a little bit longer time, but it still took me three weeks or three months or whatever, and then getting a, thanks so much, we really love it. Like it did nothing for me. And so I just started doing that. I spoke really passionately about what I did because I used to be like, sure, that makes sense, two hours versus 10. But then I said, I can't fully explain to you why when I do a video that night at your wedding, it's better than if I have weeks or months. But for me, maybe for others it's different, but for me, the work you've seen was created in that way, and that's the best work that I create. And that was the shift, that confidence, the ability to have that certainty and confidence is also a transfer to working with these big names. But why also, after working with all the big names, I'm going back to my local community because I found it's people like my mom's aunt who's 90 and does 80 push-ups a day is at times more inspiring than the biggest name that you might be looking up to right now. Going through that, the one thing that I think is so, so, so important is you framing it as you are, that you talk about being the pressure for you makes diamonds. That makes you different than any other videographer out there, right? Because this is your style. This is what works for you. And people can see the results that you've given to other couples. So that's your story. I mean, and that's cool. And the value of that turnaround that night is awesome. It's incredible. And for me, for people to think of it this way, I made a shift. It just hit me when you were saying that is that I recognized that I was actually a greater disservice to my clients by quote unquote, doing it their way and not my way. Because all the time, if we're needy for money and somebody will be willing to give it to us because we are capable and competent of doing what they're asking. But in our mind, we're going to go, here we go again, another one of these people. And then we're complaining and moaning and not happy and probably not doing our best work. But hey, they'd pay us for it. 
And I used to do a lot of that. I still always kind of ultimately did my best, but at the same time, I definitely had things that I was doing that did not excite me. I didn't even want to ever look at it again when I got done doing it. And when I went down to, I want to be proud of what I put together, man, that made a difference. Sure. So the source of where you found energy combined with the skill made everything that you offer out so much more unique. So, but you make the comment, and I'm super curious about how you're going to talk about this, that following your passion is bad advice. What in the world do you mean by that? I said a little bit of it, not in direct correlation to your question, but what I'm doing today was not my passion. Like it was not on my radar. It was not something I wanted to do. It was not something I liked. It was not something I thought about. It was not anything at all. And so it's through this action, just doing things, taking actions, trying things, testing things, tweaking things, tossing things. And then, but which I didn't do for a long time, having some awareness around, see for me in the beginning, I did all that, but yet I just kept throwing things at the wall forever. I never stopped to step back and see, well, what was sticking? And so for me, I had a a lady that was my math teacher. Her husband had an entrepreneur class in college. He was a professor and she kept asking me if I wanted to speak. I was like, no way. I'm not speaking to that. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I would have a heart attack. I, I was in a business for a couple of years, so I probably would have ended up being maybe only a sophomore, maybe a junior. And she, had, I went into my local school and said some things and she brought it up again. I thought, you know what? I'll give it a try. I just, for some reason, something came over me. I'll give it a try. I'm driving over there. I remember this vividly and where I was at in the car. And I, I thought to myself, my gosh, if I can get through 15 minutes, that'll be amazing. <laughs> and when I got to the class, the kids are slouched. They don't care. Here we go again. Another boring thing, whatever. Who cares? We don't even want to be here. And here's a kid. That I didn't go to college. So I'm in a college class. Kids older than me. And I got done. First of all, the kids were not slouching anymore. They were asking me questions. The professor's in the back. And I said, well, how long did it ended up going? He's like, well, class has been over for about 45 minutes. Oh, no. And so I found in my life that, as you'll see with my answers and everything that's happening here, that is a blessing. And at times it's going to be a curse, but I've learned to not look at any of the curse part of it because for me, that just when I get passionate, that was the key. I was talking about what I had done and was doing so far within my video production company. And so I just talked passionate about it. I showed some videos, which helped because then I wasn't really the spotlight. The video was. I could see people start to get excited when I was showing some of that work and stuff. And so that was back when I was maybe 22 and I really didn't start. I mean, it's probably, well, I'm more time frame. It was 2007 or eight. I didn't start a YouTube channel and put motivational videos up until 2013. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of The Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. And so it just was a little bug and then I had a lot of waves I made in my video industry and some people started to ask me to speak at different events and I had some guys ask me to mentor them and I didn't know what that looked like and I said, spend a day with me and this was how this all tie in. And so basically... A number of these people went on to build six-figure video companies. And within a year to two years after we spent one to two days together, and then one of them gave me credit. They're like, man, I couldn't have done it without you. In my mind, having very low self-worth at the time, low self-esteem, thought I didn't do anything. 
Like we just spent a day together and as I called it, I mouth vomited for eight hours. I don't know what I did to really help you because there was no organization to it or anything. I walked with my grandpa at the mall and I said to him, I said, I'm you know, kind of like a jump starter, grandpa. I'm like, you know, your car dies because you left the lights on and you plug cables in with another car and you jump it and off that car goes. I'm like, I kept in touch with him, but I didn't like do the work. I didn't give them a program or step by step or anything. But they saw you as the changing point for them. They saw me as that catalyst, right? Yeah. But what I recognized is that my greater gift is not in shooting with a camera. It's not in editing. It is in this energy and enthusiasm and passion that I bring to conversations with people who are the people like you on here. I mean, if what I'm talking on this right now, if I met any of your listeners in person, I would be the exact same person when I would sit and talk to them about their business. And the difference, though, between them listening here and me meeting with them for an hour or two is astronomical. Like, I've just seen it over and over again, like people listening to all these things, and then we meet up, and then magic's starting to happen for their life within the next three to six months. It's insane. And I think it's because that presence is everything. And then I get them to take actions they've never taken, and then they start accomplishing things they've never accomplished, because you can't accomplish anything by thinking about it. All right, so we're going to talk about that, but I want to circle back, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, okay? But what I am hearing from your story that I think will help our listeners too, in terms of this is passion bad advice, I think what you were saying is you might be passionate about something originally, but you never know how much deeper your passion could be that could lead you off in a different arm, if you will, until you take action. Yes. So you might think you have the result, just get started and see where it takes you. And it may be something totally different than what you felt that original passion was. Don't be so set on something so specific. Don't fall so in love with a certain thing. And, and even I talk about expectations all the time. Like, I mean, my buddy, it's just insane because last year has been a crazy year for us. And I think that I mean, honestly, removing expectations has been huge in most areas of my life because for me, if I said this needs to happen in five months and it doesn't, I'm devastated. But removing that, it doesn't mean you don't take action, doesn't mean you don't set some kind of goals or you move forward, but that is the point. You move forward. You take the action. I think people are looking for too much clarity through only listening to people like yourself or this podcast or me by just listening and they're so comfortable with that aspect but you have to figure out the difference between do you really want this or is it just something like are you more in love with the result but when you really have to think about the process it might take it doesn't excite you at all and i've had to learn and you would probably have seen this in, in your life if you don't fall in love with the process more than likely actually won't achieve any results yeah. I mean, I would say that listening to podcasts, reading books, capturing information is a pre-action. Yes. This is an action you're taking to get information, but this is not your action because nothing results from just listening. You have to do. So yeah, this, believe me, I do this stuff, you do this stuff. There is not me for one second saying this stuff is not valuable. It 1 million percent is, but the next step with most of the people they have so much inside of them already. And if they take those first steps, they'll be amazed. Like I have felt so much better in the last three weeks for the actions I've been taking versus the six months prior to it, talking about it. And I love talking. <laughs> but action brings up the possibility of failure, right? 
Of course, and that's what people are, of course, so afraid of. But it's inevitable that you will make mistakes and things will not work out. It is going to happen. I mean, as soon as you recognize that, yes, that will happen 100%, that can stop being such something that's so crippling. I mean, I'm a prime person of worrying about what everybody's thinking of me. That crippled me. And it took me from being able to help a little bit when I wanted to help people, quote unquote, to helping people a lot of it because I didn't hold back anymore. I didn't just, well, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Is that going to push the wrong button? Like, what's going to happen? Somebody gave me an acronym, NICE. Nothing inside cares enough. Like, if you're being nice to someone, you're afraid to, quote unquote, speak your truth. You're not really serving, especially if they're a good friend or somebody. If you know what is happening and you feel in your heart is wrong and maybe they're not seeing it, trying to be nice and not say what you may think needs to be heard can actually hurt them more than saying it. And people think saying it is actually where the harm's coming. Okay, so would you say to our listeners who understand what you're saying by theory? Sure. Get it, but they still need to do that action. It's still too scary to start. Whether it's getting up and doing an elevator speech or it's presenting their product out or even just starting their business. How does someone who's so terrified of doing that, even though logically they get it, they need to make a move, how do they do it? Start just little things. Honestly, for me, we make things so humongous. No cliche, inch by inch, it's ascension. Yard by yard, it's hard. It's truth though. Like, Don't make it such a huge thing that you think, wow, if I commit to doing this, because a lot of your listeners are people of commitment. They're very loyal to what they do. And they'll do it consistently and they'll do what they're doing more than likely and they'll do a great job. So the act of committing to something that they think is big and I'm starting a business, oh my gosh, they've got to get a business license. You start going and chunking out all the things that need to be done and you're like, I, don't, I can't find the time to do it. But if you do just a little something, just something, whatever that is, it's small, but don't disregard it as small because all the small things add up to make something big. So take things as little a little project. You know, I remember Tim Ferriss saying when he started his podcast, he was going to do six. See how it goes. See, do the listeners like it? Does he like it? Even if the listeners like it, but he hates it, he's not going to keep doing it. And so just doing that little thing as a project that you just set a couple little things that you try and you do without making it some big thing that you're committing yourself to, to me, can make a big difference. Yeah. And I see often, too, that if you just do something little, it starts to build momentum because you've gotten started. So that little thing leads to the next little thing. And as you're saying, inch by inch, it leads to something big down the road. Yeah. And if you don't beat yourself up about where it's leading or what's going on or if it's right or wrong, or I mean, a lot of people, we do some stuff with a a personality assessment and a lot of people who are high in this regulatory line and this black and white thinking get crippled because they think there is one way to do something. That way doesn't work or they've tried that. It's over. They're done. There's no other ways. For me, life's like technicolor. There's like a million ways to a destination. And I can give you a whole slew of scenarios in my life that even my wife or other people who actually have that higher black and white thinking, we wouldn't have what we have had I thought like them. For me, I see a lot of different ways. And that's one of the things I like to bring to people as well is just to start to see that there are lots of ways to get things accomplished. There's not one singular way to do almost anything. There's always an asterisk, I say. But so just start to think that if this way that I thought doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's actually the only way. 
which gets to trial and error. Trial and error. And failure is only an event. It's the bump in the road. Wrapping up this conversation in this way here, I'm curious as to what you'd say. How was it that you moved from being anxious with doing all of that to the total confidence you have now? Gosh, it takes so much. That's the thing. I mean, that's the only one to hammer home. Things do not happen, quote unquote, overnight. I started the shift that we're talking about here in 2011. But here's the interesting thing. I had two personalities going, (laughs) this will sound crazy, but at the exact same time, meaning I became a hyper-confident videographer in the ability to work with Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and these people. While simultaneously, when I wanted to help and serve and coach and motivate, whatever words you want to give to that whole world, I was the 19-year-old kid who said, are you kidding me? Who's going to pay me? I don't bring any value. I mean, up until six to 12 months ago, I still hadn't figured out that reasons that certain things hadn't worked in my life because I was self-sabotaging, thinking it was a partner problem that I was having. So partners are bad. But really what the problem was is it was me. And the fact that I sabotaged every situation I was in because I thought, well, they'll be fine without me, but I won't be fine without them because I'm bringing much value to the table here. I mean, my one buddy in a business was 50 hours, let's say, to spend on something. He spent 48 of them and I spent two. We blew up this thing in 2014. went really well. I was 50-50 with him. And then I was not putting in much time. When we separated, his business went nothing but down over those next. It doesn't even exist anymore. And not to give myself all credit, but at the same time, I've seen other things like this happen. And now I've started to see that the value I bring to the table doesn't always require enormous loads of time. I'm always thinking about certain things. So I was always thinking about that business and all the years prior and all the other little, my enthusiasm, my encouragement, my strategy, all those things didn't require 40 hours to build a website or whatever, but took me two seconds to tell him, but that was enormously valuable. Yeah, I'm glad that you bring this up. This has been a theme through our whole talk, and it's so important that the amount of time that's put in does not equal the value that comes from the result that you're creating. So important. And it takes time to build your value. The starting is exactly that. Like the starting today with anything. I mean, my one buddy used to say... By you cutting your, I don't know, random one still, but using the fork to cut a piece of meat. If you're having a piece of chicken and you cut it, going, good job. It was a good cut. Just something stupid. You pinch it. Wow, I did that. You know, little things. You do something small for a friend and you just do these little, that don't even have anything to do with business. And you start to build yourself up because I would bet that a lot of your listeners more than likely suffer from low self-esteem, low self-worth. They don't think they're good enough. They don't think anything they do brings value. Because for me, I, I read a thing about a true altruist. I hated the spotlight. I hated getting the credit, like the whole thing. The guy said, oh, I would have done it without you. And I'm like, I didn't do anything, whatever, man. Like, I mean, I just, because this thing I read that a true altruist doesn't want the credit. They don't want to be the hero. Because what they're doing, they think is the right thing to do. But the thing that's the right thing for me that I love to do is actually a thing of high value. But who you're hearing today was a person who spent 10 plus years working to sound and be who I am today. And that's the whole thing. It starts with little things day by day, trying things. And you don't recognize that everything you're doing in your life right now makes up who you are and what you'll bring to the world tomorrow. Absolutely. And sometimes we just have to get out of our own way. 
I believe me. Everything you hear from me, I still have the getting in my way. So it's not, I believe that as a whole, you just end up controlling things. They don't control you, but it doesn't mean they don't affect you. (laughs) Well, yeah, you just have to live with it. People call this different things, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to say. It's alive and well, I think, in all of us. Even people who are huge, you still hear that they get nervous and that they get anxious. You have to live with it. You accept it and it's part of the story. There would be names that I can name right now that you'd be shocked at the things I've seen from working with these people. So I won't say any names. I'm not like that. No, (laughs) you don't need to do that. The other thing I just want to bring to mind before a couple of final questions for you is those of you who are out there and are working a nine to five job, as Michael's talking about just little things getting started, you can go at night. And if you're thinking of starting a business, just the littlest first steps you can take. It doesn't mean that you're quitting your nine to five job. You can do little things and start reaching for your dreams. You don't have to wait for the stars to align like we were talking about in the beginning. It's the little things. So I want to challenge everybody who knows they're trying to get somewhere just to do that first little thing, just the first one. And you'll see what starts to happen from there. All right, Michael, you've mentioned books throughout here. What are you reading right now? Oh, man, my phone's not in front of me, but because I just had uh, some. There's one, Anything You Want by Derek Sivers, I always mention. He started CD Baby. I just love it. It's short. I listen, so audiobook that for me, he's really good, which I definitely try to learn, being really articulate with his responses. And so it's, it's a short little like hour listen, but his nuggets and the way he thinks about business and the way he got started and all these things, it, it's a good way for that just get started. And really what it became that he sold for like 20 million was not in any way, shape or form what he wanted. It was, he started basically only 30 seconds here. He wanted to sell his albums online before PayPal, before anything, he spent like three to six months getting the coding to put a buy button on his website to sell his album. And that turned into this CD baby that became a company sold 10 years later for $20 million. And people kept asking him, how do you do it? And he goes, I don't know. I'm trying to keep this thing small. It just keeps growing. He wasn't trying to do it. But when you just do that thing that you're solving almost your own problem and you just love doing it, it's amazing what can come when you don't complicate it by thinking, actually, how am I going to turn this into business? How am I going to monetize? How am I going to market? How to da 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 Just get it out there. Okay, so the book is called Anything You Want. It is available on Audible. And Gift Biz listeners, if you haven't done so already, I'd like to offer you a book for free on me, an Audible book. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and grab a book, this one or another one that interests you. But this one's sounding pretty good, Michael. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I love listening to audiobooks. That's a perfect gift. (laughs) So finally, I would like to invite you to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your next goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? For me, I'm just going local again. I've traveled all over Timbuktu to do all these things, some of these things we mentioned on here. And I'm a big family guy. I've always been. I've lived in the same town all 31 years of my life. And I just want to bring the fire, the energy, the enthusiasm, the connections, the relationships, the information, all these things that I've acquired in these last 10 to 12 years and bring that back to my local town. And it's amazing the response 
that I'm getting from people because I'm messaging every single person that because I have different people promoting whatever doing little things and I'm getting a little they're going or they're interested on a little Facebook event and every person who clicks that I add them as a friend and I send them a message and then I've had about 80 people so far comment back but I've still had 40 or 50 that I've they've added me and we're friends now and they showed interest but didn't I can go on and on but that's a prime example all these people I've messaged and said happy whatever day it is. I hope you're having a great week. And I just wanted to reach out to everybody personally who's showing interest in the event because I want to make this a great value for you if you choose to come. And I'm having a bunch of people reply while simultaneously a ton who aren't even replying. And my good friend who recommended one of them even told me the one girl said, yeah, I didn't open his message. I thought that was kind of weird. Yet I have other people going, Oh my God, I can't wait for this. Our town needs this. So it's just, you're going to have opinions left and right. And even right now, I had a person say a very little hateful thing to me in one of the comments, but it just, I've developed thick skin again over all these years because I can't let the one ruin me from the many and the many right now are very excited. And so I'm very excited to just see what happens here and starting to make the change where I'm at in my hometown rather than the world. It's so exciting. You're going to attract the people that are right for you. There's always going to be some people who, for whatever reason, aren't going to be a match, and that's okay. But look at all the people that you are attracting. Uh, my message is attracting the right people because what they're saying is exactly like, all right, it's hitting home. We were talking about all this in the pre-chat, and just we so often think that the value can't be right in our backyard. <laughs> the internet's done that to us. That's for doggone sure. It's so true. I'm so excited to hear the results. If our listeners want to know more about you, Michael, where would you direct them? One, you can connect directly with me on Facebook, facebook.com, G-E-B-B-S 86. You'll find all sorts of, I'm doing tons of Facebook lives and different things, but also I send a lot of people, which then gets you to all the different places I am on takemia.com. And my audiobook's on there, and there's a personality assessment people can take. All these things are free. You can check that out, then it links up to my YouTube and all that there as well. Perfect. Well, Michael, your enthusiasm is contagious. I don't think anybody who's getting done listening to this show isn't excited and revved up and charged. And let's you and I both together convince them that now is the time for them to take action. Right now, today. All righty. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing your time. And may your candle, that yellow candle about taking action and all of that, always burn bright. Thank you. Appreciate it. This episode is all wrapped up, but fortunately, your gift biz journey continues. Are you eager to learn more? Our gift biz gal has a free download just for you. Head over to giftbizunwrapped.com slash 12 steps to get your copy of the 12 steps to starting a profitable gift biz. Don't delay. Head over to giftbizunwrapped.com slash 12 steps today. And until next time, happy business crafting. 